it's Bethany. Thanks for checking out this episode with David McLennan. You can hear my daughter laughing in the background, but we're just going to ignore that and move forward. David is a high performance culture coach and he helps organizations and executives live the life and have the business that they want to have. So I'm thrilled that you're here and you're going to love his story. He shares his story of how he stepped out of living a life basically that wasn't in congruence with who he wanted to be and how he wanted to spend his time. And it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. And I know when we're talking about living a big life, that looks different for every single person, but I guarantee you, no matter where you're at in your journey, David's story will resonate with you. He talks about the kind of person that you need to be to have the life that you love and also what it takes to really take those steps and live into that. If you're thinking that this could be something that you want for yourself, if you're thinking that a big life is possible for you, which by the way, it absolutely is. There's greatness inside of you. Your big life is calling to you. So if you're feeling stuck in any area or you're feeling like, I'm not sure if I can um, step into this. I don't know if I have the courage or the belief behind it. You've got to check out Big Life U. Um, go to blu2020.com. It is an amazing nine-week course that starts July 12th, 2020. If you're listening to this after July 12th, no worries. You can still go to blu2020.com and be put on the waiting list for it but check it out today. Um, this is my heart work, my soul work. I am determined to help everyone I know live their big life. I believe in you. All right. Thanks for being here. Check out this episode with David. You're going to love it. Good day everyone thanks for being here on another episode of dialed in i'm here with david mcglennon and david is a high performance culture coach which you heard all about in the introduction but really why i asked david to come on dialed in is to just share his story about what it takes to live a big life for him what that looks like the challenges he's faced and what he's up to today so welcome to dialed in david Thank you so much, Bethany. It's, been, it's great to be here and uh, great to, to be able to share with, uh, with your audience. Excellent. So prior to me hitting the record button here, you were sharing some very powerful kind of turning points and things that really made you step out and think, what do I want to do with my life or what do, how do I want to live big? And I just wondered if you would share um, a bit of your story. You can start wherever you want. There's no rules here, and we'll just go with it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I, I think in order to have some context, I, I like to share um, the beginning of my career or career journey. And I, I, I like to share that because it gives a little bit of, of, of context of kind of how I grew up. And so I, I I, I say I spent, but I, I really invested, you know, 32 years of my life in the insurance industry in various forms. And, and um, I, my grandfather was in insurance. My dad was in insurance. And um, I, 
through college, I actually worked my way through college selling life insurance, if you can believe that. Hmm. You know, here I am, this, you know, 20-year-old kid, 21-year-old kid, um, selling life insurance to hmm. you know, people who are married, have kids. And, um, I, you know, I look back on it and I just laugh. But, it's, you know, <laughs> I, 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 was, I mean, I was sincere and I was pretty successful at it. Um, I, out of college then, I actually joined my dad um, and we, we became partners and uh, we, we grew an agency um, in the state of Indiana and we grew it to a point where we sold it. Uh, gosh, I guess it was probably back in 1995. And um, quickly realized that the, the, when we sold it, it, we sold it to a larger company. And uh, it was actually uh, an insurance company. And mm-hmm. um, we realized we weren't corporate people. And so after our two-year uh, earnout was complete, we, um, we started our own uh, consulting firm. And so I'd like to share that just to be able to kind of give some context um, for really what I feel like is my turning point. And fast forward um, a number of years, and I um, had come to a place where I was actually fired from a job, Uh, the only time in my life when I was fired from a job, but it was because I was sharing um, truth and I was sharing Mm -hmm. um, a reality with someone, a leader, who really didn't didn't grasp um, a, a sense of reality, and so um, because of that, it, and, and it was funny because well, wow. it's funny now it was it, was, it wasn't back then, <laughs> but it was it was, it was it was funny because it was December nineteenth uh, of two thousand and eight. I mean, I, it was like five days before Christmas, and um, no severance, no no nothing. Um, but you know, out of all kinds of challenges. Um, can come great things. And so on January 2nd of 2009, I was actually in the office of the guy who I used to report to at that company that I just got fired from and because uh, he had started a new company. And um, I actually became a, a pretty much a founder of this company and um, helped to grow it over the next number of years uh, to a point where we had 186 employees and mm-hmm. we had uh, attracted private equity to to help us grow to the next level. And through that process, I was really, I called myself a heat-seeking missile. I was the vice president of business develop- development. And we were at kind of the right place at the right time in really history of um, health insurance and wellness and um, we had a technology platform that really helped companies to be able to help their employees live a, a healthy lifestyle and so uh, or incentivize them for a healthy lifestyle, I should say. And um, kind of a long story short, I was traveling a lot and um, mm-hmm. all over the country, um, east coast, west coast. And one time uh, I was and this is uh, this is really close to the time when I actually exited the company, but I was I was sitting um, in uh, New York's LaGuardia Airport, and we had this announcement that there was a maintenance issue. You know, not anything, you know, big deal. I, I'm used to that by this point. And um, we finally, you know, got back into the uh, airplane and, and were taxiing out to, to take off. But if anybody's ever flown out of LaGuardia, you know that you get out of your, your time slot, and it's, you know, it's kind of a, mm-hmm. a disaster. <laughs> and um, – so uh, 
I, I also was really trying to get home for uh, one of my one of my son's um, concerts. He he's a saxophone player. And matter of fact, I think he's doing sound exercises upstairs. So if you hear something that, that sounds like <laughs> a, a a cat being tortured, it's not. <laughs> but uh, um, but but I was trying to get home for his concert. He, he had a jazz concert with uh, his his instructor, who also happened to be a, a two-time Grammy-winning jazz saxophonist. And I really wanted to see that. And I knew we'd be cutting it close, but. As we were taxiing out, um, the pilot came on and basically said, "Ladies and gentlemen, you know, thanks for your patience. We, uh, you know, had a little maintenance issue. We got it fixed. Uh, we are in line to uh, to take off. We're 34th in line, and uh, so we'll be taking off in, you know, a little over an hour. And at that point, I was just crushed because I knew that I was. It was doubtful that I was going to. I knew I wouldn't make the start, and mm-hmm. I didn't really think that I was going to make it at all. I, I ended up getting to see the last half of the last half uh, of, the, of the concert. Mm-hmm. But it was at that point in my life that I said, you know, something has to change. And um, I, was, I was really at a point where um, I was making some, some changes in my own life. I, I had joined the John Maxwell team and, and was doing some personal growth in my own life. Um, at first, when I joined the John Maxwell team, I, I really wanted just to for personal growth. I was just doing it for my own personal growth. And then, as mm-hmm. I got into the curriculum, I thought, "Oh, I want to be a speaker." I, I, I had been a part of Toastmasters, and I, you know, did presentations and speaking all the time. But um, as it turned out, I, I really enjoyed coaching, and I felt found too that I was a much better coach than even a speaker. So, um, but. But that, that point in, on the uh, tarmac at the airport was really a turning point for me that made me want to take, you know, what I had been investing in myself and really take it to other companies and be able to show companies that they don't have to sacrifice their lives. And, and it's not just companies, but companies are made up of people. And, and show people that they don't have to sacrifice their lives and um, they can step out and, and really have a great business, but also, you know, live the life that they, they want to live. And, and so I really came to the conclusion that um, I needed to, to step out and, and, and form my own company. And um, I did that. And it, it, the, the great thing is, is that the, the CEO of the company I was, I was a part of, um, was very understanding, really was supportive. As a matter of fact, they were my first corporate client. So uh, I was able to do some, some training and some developing of some of the new team members that um, we had uh, hired because we had uh, attracted some private equity to, to grow to the next level. So it was, uh, it was really a turning point in my life and, and uh, really helped me to, to um, begin what I'm doing now, and that is, you know, helping other companies and hu- helping other leaders to be able to really build their company and grow their companies without sacrificing their their lives. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's like eight questions like running around in my <laughs> mind. I'm not sure where to start. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I'll start here. So, how would you say? How much did it? play into your decision to, to really take action on the thought that you can't do this anymore. Um, like how much, 
let me think of how to phrase it as I'm just fumbling around here. Um, I'm not articulating very well, David. Um, it's all right. It's all right. So, okay, so It'll come to you. there's a lot of people that are probably shaking their heads. They're listening to this like, yes, I can relate. I've been at a place where, oh, my goodness, something's got to give or I've got to change this, but then they're still in that job. They're still in that role. They don't take the steps. So what was it about that time that really, what made you really, I mean, that's a risk or a perceived yeah, yeah. risk, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, giving sure. up safety and security. What made you really be able to do that? You know, um, I, I think, you know, looking back on my life, I have always loved taking risks. And I've always, I, I really have always loved being uncomfortable and 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 it's really what what helped me to thrive in that startup environment um and, and there was just something within me some intuition in me that i knew this was the right thing to do and, and don't get me wrong when, when i pushed a send on the email that i sent resigning my position of a six-figure job that was you know corporate card you know all of the you know cushy things that everybody thinks and dreams about and thinks is you know going to be the the be all end all mm-hmm. there was a knot mm-hmm. in my stomach i mean i wanted to throw up <laughs> but okay. I, I i did it anyway and you know and it's just a matter of like one step in front of the other and uh, i i didn't know i honestly didn't know what step two was going to be i knew that I was going to be helping that company with their sales team and, and, and teaching them and training them um, in, in the way that I had helped to build the company, but I didn't know what, what was going to come next. And so I, I, just, I just did it. And, and, and what's funny is, you know, one of my mentors to, you know, talks about um, how, you know, just taking the one step will begin to um, show the next step. And, and it's really true it seems scary and it and it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel comfortable but but when you step out and you and you know it's the right thing inside of you um then you're able to do it better and and able to like really press into the discomfort and i think that that's that's just the key it's 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 really pressing into the discomfort because um it's it's not going to be easy, and and you're you're just not going. To, you you think you're going to know what step two and three and four is, even for those people who are planners. Um, I'm just here to tell you that step two, what you think is step two, maybe <laughs> actually step one B, or right. you know, whatever. Yeah, you know. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> it's just not going to work out the way you think it is. <laughs> And that's okay. And I think it's it important yeah. that you're they're not attached to a plan. Obviously, you want to have some type of idea of how it's going to go. But I, I know for me, I spent some time stuck because I was so sure. attached to the plan that when it didn't work out, I thought that meant that I wasn't supposed to do what I was doing, when really yeah. it just meant I was supposed to be looking for other opportunities. I just there were it, there were just other different ways of doing it. Not not that my way was wrong, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that in those moments, it's so good to be able to say, well, what other options do I have here? What are the what else? You, you know, what mm-hmm. else can I think of that would that might work here? And you'll be surprised 
when you ask yourself those questions, what comes up? We are so much more resourceful than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. We, we've been conditioned to buy into the belief that we, you know, we, we, there's only one way. And mm-hmm. there are a universe of ways to do whatever you're trying to do. And, and that's the thing that I believe is so um, empowering when we recognize that. Because when we're stuck in seeing only one way, um, we're stuck, <laughs> and, right. and we can't uh, we can't get out of that. And so um, it really is a matter of either asking yourself or having a coach help you through that and help you to be able to go within yourself and be resourceful. And what what begins to happen then is as you begin coming up with your own answers, you start to feel more confident, and you you know that hey, there's more inside me. There's more there, and there's more to offer. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, Bethany, I mean, I, I've been at this for five years. I'm, I'm actually on uh, uh, tomorrow, July 1st. <laughs> I, I oh, will, congratulations. I my, yeah, I will celebrate my fifth anniversary in being in business for myself. And it hasn't been easy, but it has been a road of self-discovery. And I, I can tell you that now more than ever, I am more confident in the value that I bring to a client and to a company and to a business leader, not only for their, their, their leadership team and their culture, but really for their bottom line growth. And, and I make no apology for that. I used to kind of be sheepish about that, but not anymore because I've seen it. And, and mm-hmm. maybe it's because I've seen it that I can be more confident. I, I don't know which came first, but I can tell you that business growth, and, and, and really I believe this with all my heart, that the, the way a company grows is through their people. And when their people that make up that company are growing, man, it's, it's, it's just amazing at the competitive advantage that it gives to an organization. It's, it's a journey, um, it, and it's, it's really powerful, and, and it really separates an organization but it takes, it takes a leadership uh, to, to take them on that journey. And it really takes the ability for that leader or that leadership team to be humble and to understand human potential and really understand that their people are, are so amazing and there's so much amazingness in each person. I don't care if you don't get along with the person or not. You, you know, they have a unique perspective and – because they are human, they have a unique value. And so mm-hmm. I, I just think, um, I'm not even sure how I got on that topic, but I just think that it's, it, it's really cool to be able to see leaders of companies to be, become dialed into their people and, and really help their organization separate themselves. I um I absolutely agree with everything you said. And I think that if, if, our, if the leadership in a company isn't willing to invest in their growth and becoming the best versions of, of themselves and, um, and leading the way with that, then why would anybody else do that? You know, I mean, you live your culture in the company. And, you know, I've worked for companies where the leadership said we value a, a, a quote work-life balance, which I hate that term because it's never there's never a balance. 
but wow. uh, but then they were sending you emails at 3 a.m. and expected a response. You know, and it's like that undermines everything about the culture. Then all the culture is is fancy words on the wall, and yep. it doesn't yeah. go beyond that. Yeah, and right. and yeah. and I've left companies because of that. And mm-hmm. you just yeah. So I think. It's huge when you can work with organizations um, at top level to really instill the the culture and the why and the values and living that out. That's that's a that's a big deal. So, um, wow. Okay, this is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and I will say too is you know when you start talking about like business values and their mission and vision. It, you know, sometimes people get confused and, and think that the, you know, the values are everything and, um, or the mission is everything. And like you said, they just put it on the wall. But when they never actually revisit it or talk about it and make it a common language in the organization and really get down to the behavior level, that's, mm-hmm. that's I mean, that's such a disservice to the organization. But the companies that are actually – defining the successful behaviors that that will drive their success and complete their mission and live out their values, those are the ones that actually make a difference. And those are the ones that stand out. I mean, you can name any company that you can think of. I mean, the first company that popped in my mind was, was Chick-fil-A or, or Starbucks mm-hmm. or, or um, Ritz-Carlton. You know, we, we were talking about the Ritz-Carlton earlier um, mm-hmm. before we hit record. And, and I mean, those companies are incredibly intentional about mm-hmm. their culture and they drive behaviors because that's what separates them. And so mm-hmm. I think that the, 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 the leaders who are willing to do that, um, that, they're the ones that will actually create a great company and not just a good company. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so David, can you share with listeners how they can get in touch with you and things that you have going on now? Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I actually have a, uh, a a webinar that I'm doing on culture um, next week um, on July 8th. And actually, I don't I, as I say that I don't know when this is going to air. So, uh, but it's going to be on July 8th, and it's going to be recorded. So, um, if you want to, you know get in uh, either into the webinar or, or watch the recording. Um, all you have to do is uh, I've got a, a link. It's, it's a shortened link. So it's bit, it's on bit.ly. So bit.ly forward slash culture wise webinar. And um, we could probably link to that in the show notes, but, Absolutely. Um, but I'm, yep. I'm, I'm doing that webinar and it's, it's really a way to take, you know, small to medium sized businesses through the process that I use and actually create a, uh, you know, kind of culture in your hand because it, it, it uses a mobile app to help drive those successful behaviors and, and reinforce those successful behaviors, um, much like a, uh, like a, a Ritz Carlton does with their daily basics. And so uh, that's one way to connect with me. Um, but I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, you know, professionally, um, so David McGlennon, uh, I don't actually know what the link is, but, but, but it's, it's David McGlennon on, on LinkedIn and you can always, um, connect with me on my website, davidmcglennon.com. Perfect. All right. Again, I will, I'll put all of that information and in the, in the direct links in the show notes so listeners can have that. Um, David, I always like to wrap up 
with a few teaching points. So I'm going to sure. do that quick. And then if there's anything else that, um, that is on your heart that you want to say, I'll give you a minute for that here before we close. Sure. So um, I have three, three main uh, points that were big takeaways for me from this amazing conversation. Um, number one is change is always available if you're willing to see it. <laughs> it's always there, but you have to be open to it. Um, really being stuck is, is truly a choice. Um, number two, be open to options and opportunities. There is always more than one way. I know for me in my personal growth journey, especially as I started my own business, um, that was a big hurdle for me to understand that um, there were all kinds of ways of doing it, and if one didn't work, you just go on to the next. You know, so excellent. And then three, um, listen to your intuition and take the one next step. The rest of your how, the rest of the way, will appear. Yeah, I love those. That's great. I mean, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with all of those. I mean, I think it's, yeah, you, you summarized it great, Bethany. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else? Anything else that you'd like to to share as we wrap up? You know, I, I think the only thing that I would uh, maybe just add, just to kind of put a bow on it, is is that I, you know so often we talk about wanting to do something, and we we say that we want to follow a dream, or we want to start a business, or we want to you know fill in the blank, and 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 taking that want to into doing, we have to think about something a little bit different. It's counterintuitive, but we have to think about who do we need to be. So if, if I think about who do I need to be in order to do the things that I need to do and have the things that I say that I want to have, who do I need to be? And so if I, if I want a business where it's, it's thriving, but I also have a family life too, what does that look like? Who do I need to be in order to have those things? And so I think so oftentimes people get those things reversed. They think that we have to do all of these things so that we can have the, the things that we say that we want to do, and that mm-hmm. means then we'll be that person. And so it's just it's really reversed. We have to be that person first. And so it's, it's really, I think, aligning your identity. And then I think the only other thing that I would add is just press into that discomfort because it's going to be uncomfortable for a while um, whenever you're becoming that person. And um, one of my emerging leader, uh, I have an emerging leader group, and one of the emerging leaders in that group mentioned to me the other day that they just were really feeling challenged by a certain situation. And I said, that's great because that means you're growing. So press into it and keep going. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that sometimes is, is, you know, lost on people that you have to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Growth is never comfortable, and becoming the next iteration of you requires you to grow. And so, yeah. like you said earlier, you know, you've kind of gotten to a point where you were comfortable with being uncomfortable. You like the risk. Yeah. and. I think that's a choice, too. You can be afraid of it and shy away from it and run back to safety, or you can embrace it and be like, yes, this means, you know, I'm doing amazing things or there's stuff ahead of me that's bigger than I am, and it's all in how you look at it. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and, and it's funny because there's a, a, a quick story. I, I know we're running out of time here, but I, a quick story I, I got to share yeah. because this just, I mean, like talking about pressing into this discomfort, this actually happened to me this year. So I, I have a, a project and um, it, 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 it was a brand new project at the end of last year and it was going to take me way out of my comfort zone. I, I, it actually took me to the Arctic Circle. I got to, to go up to the Arctic Circle and wow. train leaders in the Arctic. But I, the, 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 the uncomfortable part was is that, like, I didn't know what that process was going to be like. I didn't, I'd never been to the Arctic Circle. It was going to be an incredibly remote area. Um, and, and, like, I didn't know that process. And, and I have to tell you, for several weeks prior to me leaving, I, I was not sleeping. I was, I was almost having some panic attacks because mm. I was anxious about this project and like just going through the steps of, okay, well, I've got to go here and then I'm, I'm going to be on some kind of a, a charter flight and I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know what it's going to be like once I get up there. All of these thoughts in my head were, were creating this anxiety within me but I, I kept pressing into it, and I just kept telling myself it's going to be good. I'm just taking it one step at a time, and, and I did it, and I stepped through that. And, you know, now uh, I was actually supposed to go back up there in March, but, you know, with the, the COVID uh, situation, mm-hmm. everything got shut down, so I won't be going back up there till, till later this year. But, um, but I tell you that story that, like, it's, it's a journey. It's, it's, it's not going to go away. You're going to have mm-hmm. these times and seasons when you're going to feel really uncomfortable and maybe even have some anxiety about it, but really, you know, tune into it and, and really tune into like what you're feeling, what it's telling you and, and really be curious about it. And, and it really helped me, I think just even, I even shared this with my emerging leader inner circle that I, I, that I went through this too. It's not like, hey, I've arrived, you know, you're a leader right. and so you arrived. No, right. I mean, it's like constant. And like I, I want to continually be in that place where I'm pushing myself and, and finding those things that make me uncomfortable because that's when I grow. And there were some beautiful people up there that I got to meet. And, um, you know, the Inuit people are just a beautiful people. And anyway, so I, I just had to share that story because, like, if you want to grow, you got to just jump and you got to do it and you got to put yourself in the face of fear. And when you do that, um, it, it, it's going to be uncomfortable, but, but you're going to learn so much. And it's, it's not, it, you know, it's not constant either. It's like, you're going to, you're going to go through some seasons when it's like, okay, the pressure's off a little bit. Okay. Then, and then you start to sense, okay, I need to press into this a little bit more. Where, where do I need to grow next? So mm-hmm. um, anyway, I just wanted to encourage your listeners to, 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 to enjoy the journey and really press into that discomfort. I love it. That's a great story. I heard someone say um, <clears throat> that nervous and excited evoke the same feelings in the body. And so at, at that time, when you're facing all, all the fears, all the nervousness, you can choose to, how you frame it. And that's basically what you're describing here. You, exactly. you chose what you put power into because you could have definitely said, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, and I'm just going to cancel. Or you could reframe it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, right. It's the same feeling in your body 
you just get to choose that your lens, you know, you get to choose your lens and there's so much power in that, but that, that isn't magic. That's, that's like a muscle, right? (laughs) Like you have to build that muscle of of choosing your lens and, and reframing things so you can move forward despite being fearful. I mean, don't you think that's probably the, the thing that allowed you to send that email to step out of your role? Like you had, yep. you had used that muscle before and, and, and you finally were at a point where like, hey, yeah, it's time. Yep, uh, it, no doubt about it. I love the, the analogy of the muscle because it really is. It's a, it's a muscle. You just have to keep using it. And when mm-hmm. you do it, it gets stronger and it gets stronger and it gets stronger. So. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time today. There's so much gold in here. I feel like I could add five or six more points to what we talked about. But um, so uh, thank you. I, I so appreciate your time. And I'll be sure to include all your contact information and information about your online training in the show notes. And, um, and again, I just so appreciate you being here. So Oh, listeners. Thank you, um, Yeah, thank of, you. Of I, I really, really appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you for spending time here today on Dialed In. I know you have a lot of options of where you can spend your time, and being here with us is, um, is meaningful. So don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, take action, live big, and stay dialed in.